Welcome to Breaking Barriers. You know your path. We know the obstacles. And we can teach you how to tear them down. And now your host, CEO and founder of Adapting Social, John Vigero. All right, guys, welcome back to Breaking Barriers. Uh, it's an exciting day. You know, this topic of burnout is is one thing that we've heard so much, you know, I would say the past four to five years, especially, um, you know, and various industries, right? Mine particularly, obviously, when it comes to the marketing space, uh, the tech space, um, you know, you hear that a lot, whether it's creative burnout or overall just burnout because of work. So, um, you know, today with me, we're, we're, we're so, we have the pleasure of having Dr. Uh, Sandra Dalton-Smith with us. So thank you so much for being here. It is my pleasure. And for people out there, you know, who are like, who is Dr. Sandra? Can you just give us a, a high level of, you know, who you are, your experience, what, you know, what you've done in your, in your work? Absolutely. I'm an internal medicine physician, board certified in clinical practice for over 20 years. About seven years into that practice, I burned out. I had kids and I didn't realize being a parent was a full-time job as well. So the combination <laughs> of those two, work and then family life, burned me out. And so mm -hmm. I had to make a decision on how do I stay within a very complex, highly driven, ambitious type profession and have any type of quality of life. And that led me along the lines of research because mm. uh, I'm a nerd. And so whenever there's a problem, there's always a science-based solution. So I started doing research on not specifically burnout, but work-life integration. And mm. how do I restore myself in a way that I'm able to be at my best self and continue to enjoy both my work and my home life? And that's where the my research on the seven types of rest came from. And out of that was birthed my company, Restoracist, where we work with other corporations to help them get their teams on a better place. Yeah, I think it's it's so needed and and, uh, and I'm grateful. So, you know, one of my teams every year, we hold a conference and uh, one of my team members sent over your TED talk. And that's how we initially first, you know, uh, heard about you. And, um, you know, we were I was I was blown away um, by, you know, your your research and, and what you shared during your TED talk about, you know, the sensory levels of these different things that we don't even realize, right? When we're like, oh, we're going to go to sleep, you know, and that's going to rest us and help us in other different areas. But we didn't, but, but not many people realize that they don't all, they're not all on the same page. So um, number one, super stoked about your work. And, and I love obviously that, you know, you went from your own personal experience of burnout to then say, I want to make a change in the marketplace. Um, so it's so, it's so cool that you're able to do that. Um, we have a lot of questions that have come in from from listeners, so I'm going to get to that. But before I do, um, can you talk about those those different? I know you have like six to seven sensory things to rest. Like, you know, can you share some of those for us, please? Yeah. So uh, the seven types of rest include physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, social, sensory, and creative. And mm. so for most of us, the the difficulty arises in we know we're tired, but we don't really know what kind of tired we are. So we just try to get rest in whatever way that we are uh, familiar with. And sometimes the rest we're familiar with isn't actually the rest we need. You know, oh, right. I'm going to lay around on the weekend. Well, if what you're needing is physical rest, active physical rest specifically, laying around probably isn't the issue. You know, I work a mm. desk job now for the most part. You right. know, computers are a big part of medicine. So the type of physical rest I need are the type that restores blood circulation to my body. So right. I need leisure walks and foam rollers and stretching and yoga. So we have to really be aware of the type of rest we're needing or else we set ourselves up for failure. And that's why we mm. stay burned out. 
Right. And and what was so impactful for me when I heard your your TED talk when you went through that um, was, you know, I, I started my business when I was 17 years old. I was young. I'm 31 now. And I, I me and my wife just had our first child, literally uh, December 8th. Um, and, you know, so I'm really picking up on obviously your first initial uh, interaction with burnout because, you know, for me, you know, um, I've always been going, going, going right since I've been younger. And so I'm just like so used to, let's call it the chaos, right? Like waking up really early, getting home really late, not getting good sleep, you know, running all over the place, feeling stressed. Um, and so, you know, I always went to like, I just need to sleep and then everything will be okay. Um, but I think for people listening in here, um, there's a lot to learn based on what, what Dr. Dr. Dalton Smith is talking about, because, you know, there, especially most people are on the laptops, like you just said for you, even med medicine now, that's where it's gone. A lot of people were stuck on these things too, right? Like we're, we're, we're always on the phones and, um, you know, I think we always go back to, you know, I, I think it's, it's a very old school mentality, but like, I remember like with my mom and like, you know, my grandma always lived with us growing up. And it was like, oh, I don't feel well, go get some rest, go to sleep. And like, you think that's the only rest that unlocks everything. And I know it does a lot when you get rest, but it's just identifying those different types of rest that are, I think are so, so cool that you've identified out. Um, what if, like, what would you say to somebody, right, who currently, as a professional, let's call it, is experiencing burnout? Um, they, they love what they do, you know, they're feeling burnt out, but, you know, they don't want to leave the organization they're in. Um, but you know, they, they feel like they're just, you know, they're burnt out. Right. Would you give, what, what type of advice would you give to somebody like that? And that was actually one of the first questions I already dived into, but, um, you know, what would you say for somebody like that? Well, there's two parts to that. So the first thing I would recommend is we have to restore your mindset on what rest is and what it does in your life. Mm. Most of us have gr a great work ethic. You know, we can grind until we accomplish our goals, right. but we really don't have any respect for rest. I know personally, if I'm being honest, I thought rest was for losers. It's like, if you can't keep up with the rest of us high achievers, just move out of the way. So when your mindset is like that, and I know a lot of people feel the same way, then right. when you burn out, it's like, I'm, I'm being forced to do this thing I don't even have any respect for. Mm. So I had to renew my respect for rest. And a big part of that was evaluating what rest was. For myself, initially, I felt like rest, as you mentioned, was right. just cessation activities. It was stopping. Right. However, when you really evaluate rest, it's about restoration. It's about pouring back into the places that we're depleting right. so that we're able to pour out from a fuller place. So that's the first thing. It's the mindset shift that has to occur with what rest is and the value that it has in our lives and our businesses and our families and all the different areas. Right. The second part of that is identifying which type of rest, as we mentioned, the seven that you are most likely having a deficit in. Because that's the one that's going to be causing you to have the most distress. That's right. where my rest quiz came from, because that was the number one question people would tell me. I OK, I hear you said seven things that feels overwhelming. Chances are you don't need to do something new in all seven areas. Right. Chances are you're already doing some of that automatically. But yeah. what is the area that you are unfamiliar with or don't have a restorative strategy for? Because that's probably the area that's depleted. And that's why you're feeling tired all the time. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 a really good way to look at that. And I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, people don't put like people, I think a lot of times, you know, th there's been a big grind like culture, I would say, you know, especially with, you know, social media now, everybody's seeing other people being high performers or driving a really nice car, or having a really nice house, 
we're having all this money and they, they think like, oh, this is what I have to achieve. And, and they want it very quickly, like that instant gratification that everybody wants. Um, and therefore puts them into that mode of just working, working, working and not healing and resting. And so I think that's that's really good advice. Um, another question that we got in was how do you motivate a team, right? So like a small team that is feeling burnout, right? So like how do you motivate them back into a better mindset and place? Yeah, one of the things we work with with the leaders when we come into an organization, because it really flows from the top down. Yeah. And so to motivate a team, you first have to make sure your leadership understands what a restorative team looks like. What does it look like to give your team that restorative edge? How do you right. evaluate within your team the, right. their own deficits? And then how do you model that in a way that's authentic to you? Every right. leader is not the kind of person who can just say, hey, I think you need emotional rest. You know, that's <laughs> not, you know, that's not authentic to some people. But right. you have to then evaluate what is a way that this particular leader can encourage their team to get the type of restorative activities they need, right. whether that's something that they implement within the company or something that they make space for within their benefits and within the way that they allow their team to have restorative time. Mm. And do you see that being a case where, you know, you, so essentially you say you recommend, like if somebody needs a sort of time, right? Like as an example, like it could be a job where this person has to wake up really early. Um, like you're saying, like if, they, if, if it's a physical rest, you know, you're saying, you know what, maybe that person needs to start their day a little bit later or something. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. So look at, so every person who ends up having some type of rest deficit, you're then wanting to look back to see what are ways to integrate restorative practices in the middle of my day. I think it's ineffective to say that burnout prevention is going to be resolved with a sabbatical or a holiday because it's not enough. It's too widespread. You're too far burned out by the time you get to that, you know, couple of days off. So it has to be integrated within your day-to-day -day life. So if you are someone who's having, if your job has you waking up at three every morning, like a lot of nurses I know, you're waking up at the crack of dawn, chances are your 12-hour shift is ending at 3 p.m. So rather than staying up till midnight, you know, just to hang out with your friends, you may have to be more proactive and making sure that you're getting five, six, seven, however many hours that is. But right. on the flip side of that, if you find that it's difficult to sleep, because that's what I find for a lot of people who have very high pressure, stressful jobs, right. you then want to see, is there a rest deficit that's actually interfering with my ability to get high quality sleep? Mental rest deficits where your brain won't shut off at night when you lay down, physical rest deficit where your body's achy. So you're right. waking up with cramps in your legs and feet mm. when you're trying to sleep. Right. There's multiple types of rest deficits that can actually interfere with your sleep. So you sometimes have to almost work backwards so that you can get the high quality sleep that you're desiring. Got it. And so now, so in your program, is it something where when people like, so for me, like you said that, and you just spoke to my soul for a second, <laughs> when it comes to like, when, you know, you have those nights where you're tossing a turn and, you know, because your brain's still on, um, you know, is that something obviously that you guys coach through? Is it like meditative based? Like, how does somebody get that voice out of their head, essentially? There are so many tactics. And what we're finding is when we work with companies, we like to hit each type of rest individually and mm -hmm. give uh, um, uh, just 
wide variation of abilities and ways and tactics on how you can address that. Yeah. You know, in working with, at this point, we've had over a quarter million people who've gone through our assessments. We've had mm. a lot of research that we can pull from on what works consistently in, a, in most people. And, yeah. and I'll just give an example with that one with your brains racing all day, you know, all night right. while you're trying to go to sleep. Right. Brain jumping is extremely effective for a wide number of people which is the uh, basically jotting down whatever that thought is that won't release yeah. and the process of putting it on something concrete gives the brain permission to then let it go. The brain mm -hmm. loses its responsibility to hold on to that bit of Stay information. Mm. So that's kind of one of those global things that we find a lot of people can benefit from with mental yeah. rest deficits. Yeah. But then there's about 15 other things that we find that are very specific where certain people, if you're more prone to hyperactivity, or if you're someone who has a bunch of small kids and there's certain things that might be en engaging with that, or if you're someone who likes to watch TV right before you go to bed. So there's some specifics that we find. And so in doing workshops with people, we tend to go deep on certain ones so that you get a lot of different possibilities. And then what we do is we tell you to sample them. You know, right. if I'm, I'm a physician, I might, you know, there's a thousand different pills out there for diabetes, high blood pressure. Right. <laughs> I might give a patient one tablet. It's not necessarily going to solve it, the problem for every patient. Mm. So we want to make sure that people have some options so they never feel like, oh, she told me to meditate. I don't like <laughs> meditating or I don't like journaling. Well, let's find what you do like and what right. does work for you. Yeah, that's that's powerful. And, and the one thing I can relate for everybody listening in is growing up, you know, I had a really I had a pretty challenging like anxiety disorder. Um, and one of the things over time, like I was always somebody who, you know, not that there's anything wrong with medication. I'm, I'm stubborn where I wanted to figure it out myself holistically um, until finally. Right. I, I went and saw a, uh, a therapist. And, you know, it took me till I was, I think I was like 25 or 26 when I finally did it. But long story short, I think one of the biggest things that really, really helped me was journaling. And, I, and so what you're saying really resonates with me because um, when I started to do that, I started to feel way better, right? About like the thoughts that I was having and like some, some positive mantras that I would write down and affirmations and stuff. Um, and it really helped me. And, I, and, and so I, I definitely love that, the brain dump. It's great. Um, how did you particularly, so obviously, you know, you were in this, this field, you know, you had, you know, your kids and, and the balance between both, but people that are listening in that, you know, may just be having kids like myself, um, or people who have, you know, kids and they're in the process of, of scaling their career. Um, you know, what, what advice, you know, based on your experience in the beginning, when you felt like, wow, like, like what was your breaking point when you said, all right, you know what, something has to change. Um, and, and then what did you do to change it? Cause obviously this is before you had all that research in place. Um, so, so what did you do at the time? Yeah, that's a great question because I've always been kind of an entrepreneurial type spirit. Uh, you know, in the time when all this was happening, I was a partner within a large medical practice, uh, had just become a partner, was actively growing my, my reach and my platform and all yeah. these other things. So there was all this growth and my mindset is always that I, I like to check off accomplishments. And so, you right. know, I'm constantly looking at the next thing to check off. And so one of the things I know for myself that I had to, to really just get transparent, just to be transparent and vulnerable with is that I had gotten to a place where accomplishing things no longer brought me satisfaction. And mm -hmm. so it made me start evaluating, okay, everyone's looking at my life, telling me how successful I am. And I'm not even sure I want to be in this life anymore. I mean, just to right. be real, it was just yeah. a, a very down place. Yeah. 
Yeah. And what I had to, to realize is that you can get into a place in your life where you are actively creating goodness and blessing other people with your talents and your gifts and what you're producing for the world. But then you actually haven't created space in your own life to enjoy any of it. Right. And so I had to come to realization that I don't know if I would say I was suicidal. I didn't necessarily have a plan, but I yeah. definitely was depressed and I definitely yeah. was burned out and had to determine how do I find some way to maintain the joy in a difficult profession, mm. whether that profession is healthcare, whether that profession is a, a leadership job where you have a lot of pressure on you, whether that's a teacher who's dealing with someone's kids that are not so, you know, not so polite, right. or an entrepreneur who's trying to figure out, or a startup, you know, someone who's a, doing a startup, trying to figure out how to keep all of these balls in the air. You know, there's so many different examples of and people that I've worked with where they're in the same situation. They are consistently processing, consistently producing. They're right. always checking off that next thing. And so for them, a big part, and as it was for myself, a big part of it is recognizing the, the other benefits of rest, that reflection, that ability to celebrate what's been done, that ability to dream without feeling the, the pulling of the dream as far as compressing you and making you feel as if you're stifled because you're stressed out, just really getting to a place where you are growing in a healthy way. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh my goodness. You know, I think again, there's going to be so many people and what, what an insanely like relevant and important topic that you're so focused on. Um, and I appreciate your transparency and vulnerability there. I think, you know, not enough people do that. And, and again, going back to even my story with anxiety, like I was embarrassed or ashamed to feel like I had to go talk to somebody, um, but it was the best thing I ever did. And, and becoming vulnerable in that light, right? It helped me through my path and get out of that cage of anxiety that I was in. So, um, wow, it's powerful. Um, now, um, let me see the last question we had on the list here. Um, Okay, so this one, this one's a little bit of a challenging one. I guess this could be a little semantics, but um, you know, so what if it, what if you're in an industry that just requires it's always going to be high pressure, it's always going to be all these different things. Essentially, are you saying that with these restorative, um, you know, seven things that you're focused on, right, to 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 get you back into that better space, that that could even help, even if you the 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 role that you're in or the industry that you're in, like, is not going to change, right? So like, it's not going to slow down, or it's not going to be easier, right? So like, you know, or so essentially, I guess it's more of a question of because I feel like, you know, based on what the way that they labeled the question, um, do you feel like that is achievable? Or if somebody's feeling that way, it's like a matter of hey, this is not for me. This is exactly who that this whole framework is based for. Yes. <laughs> it's for those people who you're going to have to thrive in the middle of change and challenge. Yes. Your industry, the type of work that you do, the situation in which you find yourself is one that you know is going to always be in flux. Right. However, you don't intend to be feeling burned out the entire time you're in that career. Right. And so this is exactly who that who this is created for, because it's not about trying to figure out how to break free from a career or how to you know, find those long sabbaticals or vacation periods. Right. It's about how to incorporate those restorative practices in the middle of where you're at. Mm. And I think that's the key 
it has to be something you can integrate. And so a lot of times for the for people like you're mentioning, I work with a lot of IT companies, I work with a lot of um, people in healthcare, I work with a lot of people in industries that tend to be extremely stressful. Yeah. And so in those specific industries, what we look at is what does your day look like? And then we take that day and we start looking at what are restorative practices, we can oftentimes layer upon right. things you're already doing. So let's, I'll just give a quick example. Let's say if you're someone who you do a lot of Zoom meetings with your team. Right. And so you're, you know, you're getting what some call Zoom fatigue or whatever the platform <laughs> is. I don't want right. to, you know, downgrade Zoom because it's not their fault. It's yeah. <laughs> just that fatigue from being on those screens. Well, you know, a simple solution, just to give an idea for someone out there, a simple solution would be to bring it back into the same framework it would be if you were in a room together. If mm. we were all in the room together, we'd all be looking at the same background. We wouldn't have the distractions of someone's beds not made up. Someone has their screen on blur. Someone has a, you know, a, a bookcase behind them and we're trying to figure out what's on their shelf. If everybody has the same backdrop, then all of a sudden we've downgraded some of the sensory input, which means mm -hmm. we're improving the sensory overload, which is the cause of that so-called Zoom fatigue. Mm -hmm. And now we're allowing them to have sensory rest without really having to think too hard about it. It's an automatic process where the entire team just knows when we hop on, we all use the same screen. Mm -hmm. And so simple solutions like that, things that you don't have to always be thinking about all the time, right. they're just automatic. You've all, you make the one change one time, and now you've added a restorative process without it having to add a lot more work to your day. Wow. That's, that's powerful. And you know, that's something that you don't even think about. Right. But realistically, while we're talking, like I'm looking at the plan or looking at the picture, you know, behind you and stuff. And I, I, I could see how that's just adding whether you don't realize that or not. Um, wow. Okay. That's powerful. Um, what would be, so, so yeah, uh, we're coming down to the final, final minutes here, but what would be something that if you can go back in time to the most vulnerable time, you know, and the most, you know, crazy or chaotic time, like knowing what you know now, you know, what advice would you give yourself? It gets better. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's the best advice. It gets better, especially as you mentioned, you have a, a, a newborn yeah. and so you're probably not sleeping through the night very often, <laughs> if at nope. all. Nope, no so <laughs> it gets better, not just with the parenting, but even as an entrepreneur, even as a leader, every aspect of your life as you're growing, growing has pains associated with it. And you have to know that there is an end to that discomfort. Right. And so it does get better, but you grow in the discomfort. You know, we think about stress management. That's a term we've been using forever. And let me just be the first to say it does not exist and it does not work. You right. cannot manage stress like you do your financial accounts where right. you take and leave stuff. We have to realize that it's not stress that we're managing. It's our recovery from stress. That is where this rest comes into place. That's yeah. where the restorative process comes in. And right. that's how we build resilience. When mm. we have those moments where despite whatever stress comes in our lives, we have a restorative process that we can use so that we can then grow and become stronger. Wow. I love that. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big nerd myself. So everything you're saying, like, you're just like, boom, you're talking to my soul here. Um, so I really appreciate that. So we're going to go down. So, so we have two questions that are left. These are more exercises. Um, one question is, is I would say hard. The other question is like a mile, right? Um, which one would you like first? I'm good with either. Let's go with the hard one. Okay. I like, I like tackle it. things head on. I like it. In the, in the two plus years that we've been asking that question, 
um, you know, we've had only one person ever, and we typically interview entrepreneurs. We've only had one person in two years, and it's hundreds of people that have said, let me get the easy one first. So I love that. Very, uh, you know, makes sense. Very entrepreneurship of you. Um, so the first thing, you know, one of the things I like to like kind of like reverse engineer is if we look at just legacy, right? Where we are today, where your feet are planted right now, and, you know, what we want to be remembered by, what we want to leave behind for your family. And a lot of times, again, it's looking forward versus looking backwards. So this exercise, what I like to just kind of see is, you know, if you're at, you know, reverse engineering at the end, right? Knowing who you are today, right? But knowing where you want to end up, you know, and who you want to be at that destination, um, you know, there's no thing on this planet that will ever supersede, you know, the children, you know, family, friends, whoever, like your gravestone. And if you were to write that today, knowing what you want your legacy to be, you know, what would that say? The simple thing that I would want it to say is she equipped people to be their best. Mm. Boom. Straight, straight to the point. I love how you were just ready for that. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I never really thought about it, but that's that's my life mission. You know, my podcast is I choose my best life. Uh, the work that I do is always about how do we help people be better versions of themselves. Yeah. And so, so yeah, that's what I that's what I hope at the end of my life that someone will look back on the work I've done and say, you know what, I'm a better person. I'm, I'm better with my family, better with my job, better with every aspect of my life because of the work she's done. Wow, that's so powerful. Uh, um, so first and foremost, uh, time is the one asset we don't get back. So you spending it with us here today means the absolute world to me, uh, Dr. Dalton Smith. And um, you know, for people out there, this is where you plug yourself. Where can they find you? Website, social media, all that stuff. Yeah, so my main website is drdaltonsmith.com. And I do have a free assessment at restquiz.com. I always recommend people visit there because okay. if you aren't sure which of the seven types of rest you need, that's a quick way to find out. And that's restquiz.com. Mm -hmm. Super Guys, simple. You can't, you can't mess that up. Make sure you get there. Um, and I love what you're doing in your field. I commend you highly for the work that you're doing. I know this is like the big issue of I feel like our time. Tech is a big thing. Even if you're not like, if you're a real estate and you're a doctor, you're an attorney, Everybody's on these things. Everyone's on the laptops. Everybody has a lot of stuff going on. Um, so what you're doing is powerful work. So I just I just want to you know commend you and I appreciate you for what you're doing. Oh, thank you for that. Absolutely. All right. So everybody, go give Dr. Dalton Smith a, a look, a like, a follow. Go check out restquiz.com. Um, and again, thank you so much for your time.